Today is Thursday, January 2nd, 2014, and this is Radio Wave. everyone, and thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and uh, today we, again, were blessed not only with an apparition of Our Lady, but also a message that she gave today through the visionary Mariana. These second-of-the-month messages are very important messages for all the followers of Our Lady, for the entire world. And the things that Our Lady has to say on the second-of-the-month are different than what she normally says on a 25th message. That uh, is a day that she's asked us to pray for non-believers. And again, a friend of Medjugorje has spoken about this before, and we'll reiterate the point again. And Our Lady revealed it in a message more recently, uh, that when she speaks about non-believers, she's speaking mostly to the children who are listening to her. And so today's message that we receive from Our Lady has some very poignant, very important things that she has to say to us, and a friend of Medjugorje is going to be talking about those things with us tonight. So, as we begin this broadcast, we ask you to open your hearts in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. After one of the apparitions Maria had in our bedroom in 1988, although I knew Maria and knew her well enough for her to come to my home, There was still a lot of learning as far as our friendship and who she was and what would be developed by Our Lady with the grace of us and the vision we have, both have. She's often has even asked me things about the message. She gives me many insights about the message. But she had an apparition one night and immediately after the apparition left the bedroom, didn't leave us her at any time to ask questions about what took place. She gave the message that was given. We taped it. She went upstairs to the bedroom where my boys were. We were stood downstairs. We heard this big commotion, things being banged around. Went up there, and she had a pillow, pillow fighting with the kids. And what was so amazing about that, she knocked the lamp over, by the way, too. <clears throat> but the most amazing thing about, about that is what struck me is there's no pretense with Maria. Here she was in this glorious moment where she feels pain when Our Lady leaves. She sees heaven. If she's sick, she doesn't feel the pain. If she's got the flu, she doesn't have it the moment she sees Our Lady. And so she's peering into this, but she's already, in 1988, normalized the apparition in a way that she could leave that. And you think for hours just being in such an ecstatic state or a poise that she can go from that to immediately fighting with the boys, playing with them. And she wasn't very soft with them. Creation can be harsh. It was all playful, but it was an amazing thing for me to see that because it gave me a perspective on this is real. Maria, if she was faking it, would be trying to pretend in this big glorious look and walk around like she was scared to step on the floor because she's so elevated. But these are the kinds of things that made me have more faith in the apparitions. But it's also a danger for us. Our Lady said today in her message, I am with you. She said this too many times and so many times that we're seeing this every day that are we getting used to it? Maria has seen Our Lady more than she hasn't in her lifetime. Started at 16 and she's in her 40s, mid-40s. Our Lady says today, I am walking with you. Do we really grasp that? Have we had it so many times that we don't even think about it anymore? The glory of that? Oh, Mariana is very much different than Maria on her daily apparitions compared to what she sees just once a month. 
asked Maria a couple of years ago about something we were talking about when the apparition's in, and she crossed her fingers, meaning I don't want them to end. She knows tomorrow she'll have the apparition. It's just granted. Yeah, there'll be one day that she'll wake up and our lady say, tomorrow maybe your last apparitions. She did it with Yaakov, just on the spur of the moment. And that's always surprised me. Surprised me because how can you go years seeing someone and you don't even have a warning before that? One day's notice. One day's notice to Ivanka. One day's notice to Mariana. Do we take it for granted that the day the Queen of Heaven came down and gave us words and she says, I am walking with you? They were so used to that that it's just a blasé. And yet it's her who said August 25th, 1997. Now you do not comprehend, but soon will come a time when you'll lament for my messages. Before Yaakov's apparitions ended on a daily basis, Mariana at her house told me we was in private conversation. That poor boy, that poor boy Yaakov, he has no idea what it would be like. Because Yaakov had grown up from 10 years of age, and it was just normal for him. And he wasn't always perfectly prepared for it. <clears throat> just like Francesco was told when Jacinta and Jacinta and Lucia said they would go to heaven, when, when Francesco was asked about him, he said, well, he had to pray a lot of rosaries. I remember a Franciscan priest there, head of the parish at the time, said that Yaakov could even go to hell. That shocked me. How can you do that if you, if you see the Virgin Mary? And he was rambunctious. I've been the most with him. I saw his behavior. He was a typical teenager. And so Mariana, when she said this, that poor boy, he has no understanding of what it would be like. And indeed, that one day in Florida, a lady said, I no longer appear. He cried for two straight months nonstop. Mariana's loss of apparitions was so vivid to her as far as what she lost, the realness of what was really in our life, that our lady had to tell her, when it gets so bad for you, I will, I will come to you. And there was times that even though she only had the one annual apparition, our lady did give her some experiences because she became so depressed and so low that she would <clears throat> had to have that. And it would be cruel for our lady not to do that. So what will it be like for us? I am with you. I am walking with you. Paint yourself. And it's important for us to scale back often. What was it like for Mary and Joseph? And they got to keep this gift of Jesus' birth, having this little God, this little infant, the Christ. And yet, even though it would be 33 years when he left, soon will come the time you'll admit. And we have Our Lady today. This is her time something parallel in the church's birth 2,000 years ago because our lady's coming for Pentecost. And she's coming to speak to us as she did today. Our Lady Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's January 2nd, 2014th message given through Mariana on the Day for Nonbelievers. Dear children, for you to be able to be my apostles and to be able to help all those who are in darkness to come to know the light of the love of my Son, you must have pure and humble hearts. You cannot help for my Son to be born in and to reign in the hearts of those who do not know Him. If He does not reign, if He is not the King in your heart, I am with you. I am walking with you as a mother. I am knocking on your hearts. They cannot open because they are not humble. I am praying, and you, my beloved children, also pray, that you may be able to open pure and humble hearts to my Son and to receive the gifts which He has promised you. Then you will be led by the love and strength of my Son. Then you will be my apostles who everywhere around them Spread the fruits of God's love. My Son will act from within you and through you because you will be one. My motherly heart yearns for this, 
for unity of all of my children, through my Son. With great love I bless and pray for those who are chosen by my Son, for your shepherds. Thank you. At first Our Lady was sad and then decisive. And this Mariana who told me once also that Our Lady is very decisive. And we have indecisiveness throughout our whole society. You tell the kids no, they argue a little bit with you, and you give in to them. Let your yes be your yes, let your no be no. How should you frame that yes, and how should you frame that no? With principles? With Christian principles? There's no one that wants to hold principles anymore. They don't have the beliefs of the forefathers who gave them the things that we have today. It's been said that the greatest generation was that through World War II. I question that. Some people may be listening to this may question that I'm questioning it. But they really were riding on something who their parents raised them. They were the great ones. They went to the Depression. They were the ones that raised the next kids, got them ready for World War II. Yeah, they, they did great things, but where did it come? That was, that was accumulated. It came from something before that. But this greatest generation is also the one that quit praying. They also raised the ones in the 50s and 60s who were the hippies. So I question that. I was talking among some of the people in the community today, and they were saying that somebody wrote a beautiful article about the greatest generation. They questioned it also. It was really our forefathers who founded our nation. That's the greatest generation. And I tell you, in the church, the greatest generation was those beginning Christians, those who had to go down a trail that wasn't marked. Those who had to go through the jungle where it wasn't macheted through where they could go, go through. They were the pioneers of the early church. Yes, there's been individuals in the 2,000 years of history, but never one of them been called upon, not one, in the way our ladies call upon you now. Never has some being come from heaven. Well, St. Michael came from heaven to speak to Joan of Arc, an individual to rise up the generals and the troops of France to take it back and protect it from England, to save France. But never has a being come from heaven and called people and apostles across the world to rise up to be the greatest generation since the early church. You're living in a moment that people will see this truly will be the Virgin Mary's greatest generations of all generations, accepting the beginning of the church. It's her time. She's waited 2,000 years. God has waited 2,000 years to send her. And this is her moment. And if she says, I'm with you, I'm walking with you as a mother, this is real. She is here. She's here because God wants us to be submissive to her in order to be submissive to him. How many of us know that? Just a normal little family they didn't do anything extraordinary in their life, except family life. But Mary never went out of the scope with her will of what God will. She lived perfectly everything that came to her. And she didn't go seek great things and grandiose ideas. She was just mother. And yet her vessel that was filled in her being would dispense graces through her of a goodness from her life that she spent on earth on those few years that will last throughout eternity. This woman really don't understand, but it's good to understand her story and simplicity and how she walked. Sugar sweet, daddy's eyes and her mama's crooked smile. She was barely 17, got a job keeping dishes clean, 
And to stay in the city for a while, yeah For a while Joseph ran a lumber yard About a mile from Olive Park Quiet boy never had much to say It was love right from the start He bought a ring, won Mary's heart Had hopes for a home and kids someday Kids someday Angel scared her half to death She would have screamed but she lost her breath On a midnight there in the middle of May He said, Mary, don't be afraid You bear a son that the Lord has made Call him Jesus, he'll light the way They had to go to Bethlehem But there was nowhere left to stay So in a barn she gave birth To the King of Kings, the Lord of Earth Just a little bitty thing sleeping on the hay Sleeping on the hay Story's too long to tell, but he walked on water and lived through hell. Killed on a cross, rose from the grave. We got a king, they got a son. Mary and Joseph were the only ones there on that very first Christmas day. There on that very first Christmas day. first message, private message that Our Lady ever gave to you was in response to a question you put to her on October 6, 1986, Sue Maria, in which you were asking if the same conversion that you saw taking place in Medjugorje, the profound sweeping conversion, be allowed to take place here in Alabama and be divinely spread throughout the whole region. So Our Lady, in this message today says that humility, being humble, pure of heart, is what is the key really to leading souls to be open for the grace to be born or or Jesus to be born in their hearts. And I would like you to comment on your understanding of humility that opens the door for this grace to happen in souls that we've seen happen for the past 25 years in this mission. Well, my understanding of humility is you always are seeking to see what God wants you to do. If you do that, that's humility. Because God's truth, I think it was St. Teresa who said that humility is truth. 
Because God, come on as a child, is humble. And the world doesn't want you to be that way. When they gave me that message, I knew then that I would never sign my name to a book or to a writing. I want my picture anywhere. It's not important. And it's strange because people still to this day will say, you need to sign your book. You need to sign this. But really what they want to do is get me to do that so then they can criticize me because then they would say, oh, you're just trying to build your name. I didn't do it to outsmart them in that way. I did it because I didn't care really to be known. If my name's out there, it's because of the enemies to what I do in my work. They're the ones that printed my name. I've never done that. I won't do it. And constantly have even the community, why don't you do this? Our Lady tells us to be humble. She told me directly through this message to live in humility. And I've always seen what I wrote in the prayer for the Lord of God. Naked, weak, and wretched. Even if I labored for eternity to you, labored for eternity to you, I still cannot claim that I've done anything. Why? Because God is good, and all good comes from God. So if you do good, it's not you. It's God who put that good in you, and you acted upon it. Yes, I can say no. Yes, I can fall. I can repent. As well as everybody out there, God gave us this. At the same time, who cares to be known? Who's interested in that? Uh, there's no ambition. I tried to give Caritas away to three different priests in the beginning. And then another guy, a layman. Because I can never see myself running Caritas. I started it because I had the funds to do it. But I never saw myself running it. I don't have any qualms about it because God went so radical in the way he dismiss these three, even with the bishop's blessing to go along with it. It's too long of a story to go into. But slowly, I, I came to the conclusion, God, you don't mean to run it. I'm not a priest. I'm a husband and father. And so the history of Caritas is built with a lot of action of God that was so beyond human capability that you become smaller and realize you're nothing absolutely nothing that you do no good and the good you do is of God once you got that concept then you say let it be so because God is everything and so if you're questioning your, yourself or that often we see people go through conversion and we'll tell people about the conversion there's been a lot of experience with Our Lady that I've had through the 27 years that I don't speak about because it's nobody else's business. But this doesn't come from nothing. This doesn't come from some radical things that God may do to intervene in your life. But I've never wanted anybody to come here and live in community because of what God's done with me. They have to come here because they decide that Our Lady's called them here. And yes, I said, you be a witness. You will attain what your desire is. Therefore, pray more and live in humility. So, humility really is simply doing the will of God with no fanfare attached to it. It really always has amazed me how people pressure to sign things. If you look at the bookstores, everybody's got their name on top of everything. They want the names to be known. They want, they want to be known. I care nothing for this. I'm answering these things only because you ask this question to understand humility. You can only know yourself what God may be calling to you, but Ali says you must have pure and humble hearts. If you want to be used by God, you have to care nothing about your ambitions, but only seek His will, follow Him. This is what happened to Our Lady. Our Lady herself can never see herself as the mother of the Messiah before the angel come to her. And how humble she was. She didn't see herself as some saint or the queen. She could never. She didn't have the capacity, even for who she was, born with that sin. She didn't have the capacity to understand when the angel came to her. How can that be? But what she said was, "Let it be so." I didn't understand the message that I could get a, a paragraph from the Virgin Mary in 1986. 
I contemplated. I remember contemplating on the plane coming back. I could not even grasp who am I to get that because I always saw it as somebody else. I started Caritas for somebody else to run. My whole life was not what I thought it was going to be. And so Mary, the essence of love, the essence of humility, is showing people in her way, simply said to the angel, let it be so. When you do that, you'll no longer be afraid of God's will. What is it you see? What do I possess? Oh, how could it be? I should be so blessed. I am nothing much, neither saint nor queen. I am just a
man waited. History divided. He lived his life quietly under the protection of his mother and father. He was destined to be the rise and fall of many. So sweet was the peace that was in his family that he would long for its love when later he was immersed in the cup of hatred. The Christmas celebration has not ended. In Europe, the Feast of the Three Kings is celebrated in January and nativities remain well into the month. Why does the celebration not continue? With the birth of Jesus came a second morning, a third beautiful morning for all the earth. All creation was blessed. Holiness walked the earth. The little infant in the arms of his mother was the center of history. O oh Mary, tell us what it was like. O oh little Jesus, come into our family. Bring us your peace. Touch our hearts. Fill them with your love. O oh infant Jesus, we wish you into every family. The birth of Jesus encourages us to live a profound spiritual life in simplicity so that in prayer we can build up a new world of peace through the family. Today is the time, unlike any in history. Purify your hearts and your homes. Discard every obstacle to holiness that's in your home. Surround yourself with reminders of God. Lead your family to holiness through prayer and by changing your surroundings. Come to the resting place. It is our desire for you to begin to experience profound peace, a peace that the world cannot give. The Resting Place at Caritas of Birmingham. Closed 10 to 11 for prayer, and you're invited. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. Looking at Our Lady's message today, this is something that has been happening a lot lately. Is that the second of the month messages have been a little bit long in their in their in their length, and then things that Our Lady is is trying to say uh, to us. But uh, just a, there were some questions about some things later on in the message. But before we left the point uh, earlier uh, that you were that you were on, uh, just looking at the sentence where Our Lady says, "I'm knocking on your hearts." And uh, just to think, if if you know somebody important came to your home and was knocking on your door, who wouldn't rush to open up the door to to see the person or to speak to the person, or at least to get a glimpse of the person who's there on the other side of the door? And here it is, Our Lady herself, Queen of Heaven, is saying that she's knocking on our hearts, but that they can't open because they're not humble. Now, what is it? And I guess this is the question: is what is it that would be in the heart of man that would not open? To the Queen of Heaven, if it just if just to think about the terms of your home, who wouldn't open the door for somebody important on the other side? And here it is: you have the Queen of Heaven who's who's knocking on the door of our heart. She's knocking on our heart, but she's saying that we're not humble enough to open that. So, what is it in our hearts that um, that's that's that keeps the uh, that that keeps that humility from entering our hearts? Or what is it? What is it? What is it there? that would keep us from opening to somebody as wonderful as Our Lady? Well, Our Lady said today, You cannot help for my son to be born in you and to reign in the hearts of those who do not know him. If he does not reign, if he is not king in your heart. So how can you accept Our Lady if you haven't accepted Jesus? They did a study on the Blackberries. The, I guess, was that a predecessor to the iPhones? <clears throat> and... They said it, psychologically it gave people self-importance. It made them step away from the crowd or they get on the BlackBerry. I know even, even Obama refused to give up his BlackBerry when he became president in 2008. So the Secret Service had to work to give that. President, being president wasn't enough. Can you imagine that? Lack of humility there. And so it is that so much in the culture today gives self-importance. People are communicated to. They're text. They're always sending out messages. They're busy. Just like some kind of CEO. Everybody feels like they're a nobody, but the iPhones and all these things that people use, if they're not used properly, give a self-importance that blocks out humility. And that blocks out where you can even hear, are they knocking on your heart? 
it's an incredible thing to see people. Well, I had a story I've told before of two women I took to Medjugorje. These two women, every time I looked up, or they never they never shut up. So they came to me and said, I could have just stayed in Birmingham and got just as much as I get out of here. And I told them, I says, Vita, every time I see you, you're talking to Mary over there. Y'all are like two ducks quacking at each other. I said, y'all need to be quiet, get away from each other, and just get with God. They did that. The next day they came to me and they couldn't believe it. They heard the knock, the whisper of God, because it's not a mighty lightning thunderbolt. You won't hear it then. You've got to put yourself in this position to hear that knock. And if you've got all kind of plug-ins of electronics and all these things going on and billboards and music and radio and all the things, the television, and on and on and on, all this activity, you think God's going to speak to you? He might. He'll try. But will he be heard? He speaks silently and quietly. It's a whisper. But that whisper's a mighty, mighty thing. It's thunder within you if you've ever heard that. Some people have been gifted to hear that. Our Lady said that today. I am praying, and you, my beloved children, also pray that you may be open, or rather you may be able to open pure and humble hearts to my Son and to receive the gifts that he has promised you. You can't stay engaged. You can't have those things you permit, as Yvonne said. Do not permit, Our Lady said, these things in your house, in front of your children. If you're always engaged with the world. And what are those gifts? A lady said, April 17th, 1986, pray for the gift of love, for the gift of faith, for the gift of prayer, for the gift of fasting. So what is Our Lady said today to receive the gifts which she has get promised you? I remember seeing these messages, but Our Lady came in 1988, and she's coming now over 180 apparitions here, and out of three or four of those apparitions, I think there's four, she says, I give you love. Is that a gift? Well, she said September 2nd, 2009, pray for the gift of love. And I feel one of the most fortunate things Our Lady has done here. And the first time she did it, we felt it in the walls. We felt it in the furniture. We felt it there. We felt it in Maria's voice. We felt it permeate the whole room. We knew something happened in the apparition, but we wasn't certain what happened until she says, Tonight Our Lady said, I give you my love, you give it to others. Out of those four times we received it here, it's only two or three other times maybe I could, I, we've looked over the years that Our Lady's given this gift. Even as you're going to apparitions. And, of course, the name of Caritas means love and charity. Does that make us great? Does that make us somebody? No, it makes us more responsible. It makes us more lower. It makes us more, res- more accountable. We're people walking with God. Our Lady says, I am with you. I'm walking with you. We have that experience. Everything we do, from the bedroom to the field, now the cross on the mountain, the grotto in the mountains, our whole life. It's seamless. We know Our Lady walks with us. We've had those experiences with us and with her. And we know she's only one prayer away. And that prayer often is something that when we feel the weight of the mission, we feel the cross, it's plain to see that we trust her. And without her, we're nothing. Because this is the time she's come to rescue us from the collapse of the society as it's coming down the pike right now. And sometimes we may be late. Sometimes we may be breaking down from the weight of the cross. But one thing we can always have confidence here is that already shown us literally, not figuratively, we walked with her. We've seen her intervene. She's actually in Medjugorje when I asked her a question through Maria. said, don't do that. I was elated that she cared enough about what I was doing and the mission that she says no. And then she gave me an option. And I can't go into that. She said, do this. Don't do that. That's not a word, but this is what I was asking. She said, don't do this, but this, then she gave an option. Incredible thing. I was on cloud nine because I got to know and then a way around what we were going to do. And We have to realize that. Our Lady is just this one prayer away for everybody that wants her. 
tells us and answers some of the toughest questions we have through the messages, not just through asking her, as we've been blessed to do, as I was talking before the song. But really, all the answers are in our questions. That's why she comes every day. I need you. I need you every day, the song says. Ali said, to call me when you need me, I'll come immediately. And she says today, I'm with you. I'm walking with you. She wants us to understand as mother, because that's what the world needs at this moment. In Our Lady's December 25th message, she said, I'm carrying to you the King of Peace, that he may give you his peace. And then she also said, the fruit of prayer will be seen on the faces of the people who have decided for God and his kingdom. Today, she says, you cannot help for my son to be born in and to reign in the hearts of those who do not know him, if he does not reign, if he is not the king in your heart. Our Lady speaks about kingdom in her language to us, and that's nothing new. It's fabric through all of her messages all these years, but it's something that has impacted me this year, that God sees kingdom. It's his mentality. When we think of kingdom, we think of the Middle Ages. We think of castles and knights and shining armor we don't necessarily look at our world today and think of it as kingdom. The United States, everything's nations. We're looking at globalization, not tight communities or kingdoms anymore. And yet God does see things in this way, in kingdom. And why is that important for us? What does that have to do with our world? Well, I know George Washington, they wanted to make him king, and he refused to do that. He says that's what we're trying to escape from, this dictatorial power, the centering of power. And so they come up with the concept where a group of men sat down for the first time in history and drew up a nation based on Leviticus, Deuteronomy. Sixty percent of it was based in Scripture. 
Ninety percent of it was indirectly scriptural. That's our Declaration of Independence and Constitution of how a kingdom should work in the heart. Because the keys to peace, and God is peace, the keys to peace in a nation, in a people, is they are self-measured. Just because they have liberty, do they use it to do anything they want? We've lost the meaning of free speech, that we think people are allowed to do anything on television, say whatever they want to, no matter how vulgar, whatever it may be, because that's free speech. No, it's not. Scalia voted on the Supreme Court that burning a flag was free speech. No, it's not. That represents millions of men that have died and given their blood for that. That's called a sacrilege. That's called something profane. And through our ignorance, sometimes we violate that. And a lack of understanding, a lack of reflection, these things happen. But our country, especially, of every nation in the world, was established by people who wanted the kingdom of God to dwell in the heart. Liberty, freedom for all, the pursuit of happiness. Isn't this what God wants of us? And to express those ideas and concepts, put them on paper and put them in action in government, can only come through the king, where a king reigns. It's why I think it was Adams who says that the Constitution, the Declaration, or the Constitution was written for only to be interpreted by a Christian people, a religious people, rather. No other of us can do that. Oh, am I speaking of Americanism? No, I'm speaking of truth. It happened to be Americanism, if people want to identify it that way. But no other nation has dispensed the gospel like this nation has. No one. And now we've abandoned those ideas and those principles, and look where we are. We're falling. We've given away the gift of this nation, a blessing. God promised that. If my people repent and call upon my name, turn their face back to me, I will heal their land. It's a promise. This nation to live here is a gift. Open pure and humble hearts to my son and receive the gifts of which he has promised you. That Bible verse is a promise. It doesn't have to be something earlier has said, like April 25th, 1990. I pray that you will intercede. I pray for you and intercede for you before God, that you understand the greatness of the gift which God has given me, that I can be with you. She, her presence is a gift. March 25th, 1990. Understand also the greatness of the gift God has given you through me so that I can protect you with my mantle and lead you to the joy of life. She is our greatest gift at this time. September 25th, 2003, I call upon you to come closer to my heart. Only in this way will you comprehend the gift of my presence here among you. Often she said this, that she's walking with us today. I am with you. And how many people pause and stop and reflect on this and know about it, or even understand it, or comprehend it? It's Our Lady who has spoken to us now for 32 years. Do we get it? No, we don't. But these messages aren't so much for us in the present as they are for those who will go through the Antichrist system and they'll have to have the forefathers, a greatest generation who turn things around that they don't turn, they may not turn things around in the Antichrist time before the Lord comes back, but they'll be able to sustain themselves and be sustained by our witness. You're a witness in future ages. I wouldn't even say future ages because man doesn't forget where he is. If everything collapses, it may not be but a century before this is all rebuilt. So these messages are something to help people through that system. And we are called to be Our Lady's greatest generation, the rebirth of the church, a new Pentecost. And you're free. What is Our Lady saying to us? What is Jesus saying to us? We've got all our things. We feel empty so often. Do we keep listening and looking for the noises out there? Everything's noise. We had a Russian professor, a woman that was here from Russia. She walked in. All the kids were going wild in the house. I said, sorry about the noise. She says, noise? TV is noise. Do you ever hear quiet? Do you hear a quiet voice? As Maria, she was asking a question earlier. The knock on the heart. No telling how many times a day our lady's trying to reach you and knock on the door. Have you given that opportunity? 
If you don't give that opportunity, you'll be broken. And brokenness always brings beauty. Brokenness will bring redemption. Don't even say, I'm afraid to, to say no to that brokenness. Because it may be the only way God can reach you by bringing you down. And so he's got something and he's got a message to say to you through his mother. Are we quiet enough to hear that voice and listen to what's been said in that regard? It's 2014. We're looking at a whole new year ahead of us, just being born. And Our Lady said in her message today, we've already talked a little bit about it, to receive the gifts which He has promised you. And for myself, I'm not quite sure what those promises are. But as the head of this mission, as the head of this community, as a vital part of Our Lady's movement, working to fulfill her plans, if you could 
say to Our Lady, these are the things that I wish for this year that I want to place upon these promises. What would those three things be? Three things in regards to promises, Uh, gifts? Looking specifically at this new year, these next 365 days, what would you like to see happen in the mission, in the community, in her plans, in, in, in being and fulfilled? And three things, though. What do you mean by three well, things? Well, if, if there was somebody that said... Three wishes. From three Virginia, wishes, well. yeah. <laughs> well, to be able to have the strength to always seek and then the God's will. This song just said, I give you all my weakness, you give me your strength. Many times through the history of this mission, I remember telling Jesus that I gave you my yes, but I don't have the strength to continue. So you're my strength. And these literally are the words that jump out from this song. Actually, I was thinking about that. And it was from the get-go. A mission internationally don't come to a point this and has without having to bear many crosses. We started the cross 25 years ago on the mountain. But we haven't suffered enough. I haven't given to Our Lady what she needed to that to be built to, for the purpose we were building it for. Not an edifice, not a tourist attraction, but something really to bind this nation under the cross with power. And if you visited this cross on the mountain and you go up there with an open heart, pure and humble, and you knelt before it, you will feel that power. It's alive and it's real. But it doesn't come from cement and a form in the shape of the cross. It comes from what's been paid here. And when you referred to October 686, you will attain what your desire is. This was my desire. Our Lady gave it. But she extracted something two years later when she gave another or actually it was still in 88, that to offer sacrifices for special intention. Marie always said, every time I saw one, I went back to Mexico, you got to suffer more. And so when suffering comes your way, that means something. That brokenness is turned into beauty. The song said, I've seen broken turn into beauty. I've seen redemption. We have redemption on the mountain now. And the community suffered. And you in the Medjugorje world have suffered. But there's purpose to that, to form and mold and guide you into being an apostle, for you to be able to be my apostles and to be able to help all those who are in darkness to come to know the light of the love of my Son. You must have pure and humble hearts. You've got to be crushed for that. And you've got to be willing to be crushed for it. So the first thing is that we seek God's will and we do His will perfectly. And we always comprehend it. A second thing would be love. Our Lady said the greatest sacrifice is love. If we can love here, if we can be love, Our Lady says you can, you can achieve everything with love. So if we're looking to do something in our families, in our mission here, love is first. I've already spoken about Our Lady says I give you the gift of love. We're very fortunate to have this. So second, even though she's given it, that we really truly live love, which also means forgiveness. And thirdly, that we place our very being, our very soul at the proper disposal to live holiness. What all he seeks for us to be. We don't want anything that we ask materially. We want to look God to look down from us and see this is the holy people. This is God's people. Israel can be represented by those who are living his statutes. The community here will be those who live the way of life, even if there's other here that may not be doing it at the time. The community is where the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is, or rather the Holy Spirit is where the community is. The community is what God's called to away life. 
So thirdly, it would be holiness. If you have those three things, seeking God's will, doing it perfectly, and accept purification, be crushed, and to follow that toward holiness, then you have everything. Secondly, it was the love, of course. And so, we do that with our life when we adore God. How do we adorn Him? We've got nature around us. We've got the trees. We've got the silence. We've got the stars above the cross at night now. We have so many beautiful things God has done for us. We've done nothing for God here. He's done everything for us. We kept us invested that we can turn on and pass this to others. Our lady said, I give you my love, you give it to others. This is a command from her, directly from her lips, a sweetness of who she is here in this valley. It's a beautiful thing, but a serious thing, and one of the great responsibility that we be people who adorn the infant who was just born. With all of nature, nay, all of creation. And that creation word was used once in 32 years here. Go out and bless all creation. And when you come here, you feel that. I feel that at 5 a.m., walking out and seeing the stars in the mountains. Silhouetted around the cross. The solemn quietness of nature adorning God.
who are we as a people who've been so privileged to see what we see, to experience what we experience, and know that heaven has never been so close. Reflect, reflect, and reflect more on the gifts we've been given. We wish you a lady. We love you. Good night. <laughs>